0: Welcome to Design Your Life and Business, the podcast for leaders by Bright Mind Consulting Group. We give you the necessary tools to help you become the architect of not just your business, but your life too. I'm your host, Javon Wooden. Hey, Sean, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Well, well, man, welcome to Design Your Life and Business, the podcast for leaders. I know we're going to talk about Automating your to gain your life back. So this is gonna be a good one. That's right. All right, man. So first question I ask every guest is who are you? Who is Sean Why not? Who am I? Well, I mean, first
1: and foremost, I'm a father. I take that with great pride and admiration. I love it. I got a seven year old. You can't see it in the stream, but there's a sign behind me that says Dad's office, and I see that every day I come in here. But I'm a student of the trade of the art. You know, my background is actually in media production. I've been doing, you know, video production, audio production for many, many years. And as with any entrepreneur, you evolve and you flow with the times. And, you know, coming out of broadcasting school, I started into video production, then got into photography, taught myself web design, and then naturally progressed into online marketing. And now for the last 12 years, marketing automation. But in addition to that, I'm also a licensed pyrotechnician, and display fireworks technician, so can just blow
0: stuff up, right? Legally. Man, you're like a one-man production company. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Bring the heat to the show. Bring the heat, literally, man. I love that, man. So I mentioned earlier, man, and thank you for sharing all that. And yeah, I can't imagine. I can't wait to be a dad, man. I know that's a fantastic thing. Gives you a new meaning to the definition of purpose. So I can't wait to be a dad. That's going to be awesome, man. But you mentioned something along with all your journey and all your skills, but we talked about the, the concept of automation. What does that mean when it comes to life?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this became more and more important to me when I became a father that I was, didn't want to, to live a life or run a business where, you know, I missed out on those opportunities. You know, to be able to take them to school, to be there, to be able to just, you know, go and see and perform at a school event. And what I see over and over again with different clients is they just become so much a victim to their business where it's just taking so much of their time. So when you talk about automation, the way I look at it is taking all those things that keep eating up the time that you have to do over and over again, for one, you probably don't enjoy it. um, and what can we put in place? to automate that so you don't have to. I and mean, that's really kind of automating the business life part of it. And then there's the other side is more client facing is, you know, our attention spans, our patience, I guess, as a consumer is getting shorter and shorter. So, you know, when somebody requests something on your website or sends you a message, for some reason have this need or this feeling that you should be instantly replying back to them. So, you know, if you can't, we need to set that expectation as to when you can. So we work with clients to automate the follow up, automate the expectations and just really you know, give the best client and customer experience possible.
0: Absolutely, man. And I love this conversation because I always I talk about my 3DA formula all the time, delegate, delete, delay and automate. So I'm glad we're talking about that A part, man. So, you know, you mentioned you did a lot of things and then you found yourself in the marketing automation. Like what brought you to that point where he's like, this is it? Well, I was a. It
1: worked on me, I guess you could say. About 12 years ago, I was, I was online, and let's kind of set the space with this. I was working, doing my production slash marketing web business in the basement of my house. And you know I was just grinding away, and you know things were everywhere. I had things in spreadsheets. I had stuff in email. It was all over the place. And I opted in for some lead magnet online, and I got a call from a sales rep from a company called Infusionsoft. Never heard of them at the time. And they basically were saying hey you know we've got this all-in-one software solution for small business i was very skeptical I was trying to kind of just push off the sales rep okay you know call me back in a week call me back and he was very persistent i would get emails i would get some automated things sent out to me i started to see ads and everything but he was very persistent and he kept following up and i finally was like okay i gotta look into this and i started to do some research I was finding testimonials that were independent of that company. People were just writing on their blog about using the software and how it helped them. So I'm like, there's something here. So I finally, you know, accepted the call. He did the demo and everything. And he sold me on it. And he said, you know what? We want to make sure that you get the best success out of this software. So we have an onboarding that is required. You had to pay, I think, $1,500 for the onboarding. And it was like six weeks. And every week he had a call with me. And we built out a single opt-in for me. And at that point in my business, you know, Facebook was just starting to ramp up on the business side. And I thought, here's an opportunity for me to help people. So I created a 10 series video, uh, video series to help business owners just learn what Facebook was. This was way back before most people knew. And then it was like, how do you create an account? How do you upload a profile picture? Very simple things. And I put it on my website, I put it out online and people opted in. So 10 videos, 10 emails, 10 days. That's all it was. At the very end, the last email said, I hope you got value out of this. Could you see this working in your business? Reply and let me know. And I got about a 70% response rate of people saying, wow, I learned so much. I want to talk to you about how we can use Facebook in my business. In that first year, it doubled my business for me. And I was like, boom, mind blown. I'm like, this was automated. I created it once and the emails went out and that's where I was hooked. I'm like, this is what people need. And just year over year, I would just invest in myself, go down to Arizona, train, go to different conferences, you know, find out ways to push the system to the max, try to break it, that type of stuff. And I mean, 12 years later, I'm still doing it. The new technology, we've got AI playing into a lot of the stuff now and just hearing a client last week say, you know what, I was skeptical when you told me about the software and I was more productive in the last month than I've been in the last five years of my business because it's following up with people. Right. And it was just like, I guess it would be very similar to a teacher
0: seeing their student just achieve something great. It was a phenomenal experience. And automation is super key, especially for something like a welcome sequence or, you know, that lead magnet campaign, making sure that people feel like you're actually talking to them. And you know, I get emails all the time like, hey, Javon, this email was amazing. It was right on the time. You know, I appreciate it. And then you can respond, you know, hey, you're welcome. I think that there's people that know that part, but then there's so many more things you can automate. So can you give some example about what else could be automated outside the pipeline and email sequences?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people initially think of like, how do I automate the correspondence to my clients? But you can automate a lot of the internal stuff in your business as well. We've had clients where, you know, they had an office of 25 people and they wanted to automate a coffee run. So they hated going around desk by desk, interrupting people saying, hey, we're going for coffee, want to bring some back, what do you want? So built an automation sequence that actually sent an email to the entire team with a web form, they picked their order, and once it was submitted by a certain time, it gave them an Excel sheet of everybody's order. It saved them so much time, didn't interrupt people in the workflow, so they automated that stuff. We've had other clients who actually automated their relatives' birthday reminders, so they knew, oh, okay, it's a week out, I need to go and get my aunt or my grandmother a gift, right? They automated those type of things. But you know, automation, from the, the standpoint of triggering things to happen, there's other elements that we bring into that is using, you know, templates or starting points. So a lot of clients are writing the same emails over and over again, and they want to customize a lot of that. So we build template libraries for them. They can load in the software and bring up, you know, your phone, you know, Instagram, everything has the ability to have like saved replies, right? Those in my mind are elements of automation that you have in place. What else can be automated? Well, i mean a lot of people just think about you know the things that they can client face automate like nurtures and things like that it's the most common thing that we are being kind of taught we see hey you need to have a nurture sequence and a follow-up sequence and all that kind of stuff one element that i like to add in there is automating you know the ability to reply more effectively so you know building templates in any software that allows you to so if you've got you know gmail plugins that can build template libraries you know your apps for your social media follow up can have saved replies things like that. You know, we look at automating testimonial replies, social proof it is huge. So, you know, we utilize technologies where as soon as an invoice has been marked paid, a request to leave a Google or Facebook review can go out to clients. Cart abandonments huge in the e-commerce side. You know, and with that, a lot of times you'll see people just use a standard out of the box type of thing. And I, and I challenge you to think creatively, have fun with it. You know what, like we've had a client where just an e-commerce brand, instead of just, you know, an email that goes out, this says, Hey, you know what you left stuff in your cart. We added some humor in there. It's like, you know, you left a shopping cart behind with some products in it, really don't want to walk back and put them on the shelf. Here's an incentive to kind of take it off our hands kind of thing, right? So even though it's online, you're just having fun with this kind of stuff. So, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can automate, you know, client welcomes. So, you know, we've had clients that every time they brought on a new customer, they wanted to send them a, you know, a box of brownies in the mail. And there are tools and companies out there that you can just have that automatically be shipped out to them. And the customer just feels amazing because they're receiving something in the mail. So I strive people to think, you know what? Think of the best possible experience. Give your business and your client experience that Disneyland mentality of like, if there was no limit, what would you want to have happen? And we'll find a way to get as much of it to happen as possible. And the things that we can't make a recommendation, or we can just see if there's an alternative to that, but don't limit yourself to what you think a tool can do.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. You mentioned something there. It's like, it's all about your imagination, right? It's like, hey, you know, that's how innovation takes place. We, you mentioned AI and this other stuff, and it's allowing us to do some things that we once thought were impossible. And you mentioned like getting your life back. If you think about how much time that saves you from manually having to send these things and do these things, I mean, that's a force multiplier if I've ever seen one as we call it in the military. So you mentioned life back. That's what we're talking about here. What are some things that leaders really are overlooking that they should also think about either automating or, you know, using like a productivity management tool. What are some of those things that we should be looking at?
1: I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, just self-auditing what it is that you do in the run of a day. I mean everybody's life is different. I and mean, one of the exercises that I usually run through with people is doing that inventory, writing out every single thing you do in the run of a day, almost in the run of a week if there's different days that are there which ones are actually closely related to cash and revenue um, and identifying those, which ones aren't and which ones do you like, and which ones do you not like and the ones that aren't cash revenue generating or the ones that you don't like, let's offload those to someone else to do whether it's a tool or a person or a VA or, or anyone like that. And then the ones that you like to do and the ones that are close, how do we make you more efficient in those? So for example, content creation is one that you know a lot of our clients, have to do. They know it's important, but they're not that tech savvy to be able to be, you know, doing a podcast or edit videos or write blog posts. Most people don't have that cross-platform ability. They have one that they're really comfortable with. So, you know, what we end up doing is figuring out what they love to do and how do we then amplify that across different platforms. So, you know, myself, it's audio. I love doing podcasts. I've got other clients who love doing podcasts. So, you know, we take those audio recordings, we put it into Descript, we transcribe it, we put that in the chat GBT to analyze it and then say, okay, pull out 10 social quotes, throw that into Google Sheets, import it to Canva, mass generates all the social graphics. Take, you know, if they're doing it in video, we throw it into Munch, which will then go and look and cut up these real type videos for you find all the tags and everything so using all the tools that are there now they're getting what would take them a day two days of content to create they can do in an hour an hour and a half just because the tools are there the key with any of this ai stuff is you have to feed it you so you know whether you're writing the blog post or you are actually you know giving it the video or you're giving it the audio that is you from your mind and use that to then amplify. You know, you can get to the point of of using, you know, some of these tools to get a little kind of weird where, you know, Descript will allow you to do a voice print of yourself. So give it 10 minutes of your audio talking, it will actually give you a voice print back. So now you can type anything and it will read it back in your voice, which is
0: crazy. Wow. Yeah, it is crazy, man. Yeah, we're we're seeing a lot of that in the news where people are like, hey man, you know, that wasn't me. It was a deep fake, you know, I didn't say that. <laughs> I was. Hacked. So that brings a good question that has come to mind. Is there a such thing as too much automation? I think there is.
1: I think once you lose touch with who you are as a brand, who you are as a person, You can automate too much of it. Um, And you'll start to notice that where, you know, things are going to get away from you. You're going to start to put out content that isn't on brand. It's not, you know, people are like, well, this doesn't make sense. This isn't like what you're known for or things like that. Or, you know, you just feel that it's diluting the messaging. So, you know, you got to be aware of that. I don't think, and I strongly feel that automation is never going to replace us. It is something that is going to work beside us. On that point though, there is a radio station in Oregon that just announced a completely AI generated radio host. So they took a voice print of one of their staff members and completely AI did the entire show, which was crazy listening to it. I mean, yeah, the AI was able to call a listener and like give away Taylor Swift tickets and interact with them, right? I mean, that in that case is almost a replacement thing. But in your business, using these tools and that are take the time to invest in how to properly use them. You know, most people only use probably about five percent of the capabilities of ChatGPT. But think of it as an actual person. You know, some of the things that I work with in this is I will actually say to it in the first prompt is, "Hey, I, you know, I need help generating, you know, an email series that I want to do this. Ask me some questions. You need to be able to do this to the best of your ability." And it will actually come back with questions that I can then answer. And then it will start to generate from that because we just assume that it knows, but it doesn't. It's just like hiring a new person to come in. You have to give it and train it and help it out along the way. But I strongly believe that the technology from the automation and the AI side is gonna get to the point where every website visit, every email you receive is gonna be 100% uniquely generated for you in that user session. I think we'll get to that point.
0: Absolutely. I foresee that as well. And I like that you just gave some info on, on ChatGPT and how to kind of prompt engineer as the term here is like, that's a good one for designers who are like, man, I hear about all this stuff, but it's too much. It's way over my head. So thanks for saying, hey, just ask it what it needs to know for it to get you what you want it to get. And there's a concept of ethics that I think kind of gets thrown to the wayside at times. So what do you feel about that? What are the ethical implications of automation, particularly along what we were just talking about being replaced, like job displacement and uh, privacy.
1: There's a couple of things where, uh, you know, people have been using, you know, automation and like a lot of it comes down to, and this is what I preach and kind of suggest to clients that are starting to use it is if there's automation in place, don't fake it, make people say, okay, it's not me, right? Or it is me, right? Like do a response back in an automated sequence that comes out immediately and don't be like, hey, it's Sean, I was just reviewing this. Well, no, obviously you didn't instantly review that. You know, we write our copy to say, you know, this was an automatic generated sequence. So a lot of times, you know, doing that is set in an expectation, and people can kind of sniff that stuff out. You know, when it comes to the kind of the AI-generated content that is coming out, you can go into Chat GBT and you can you know automate a writing of an entire ebook, right? And then you can say you wrote it. Ethically, I don't think that's the best way to do it. I think using it to kind of feed and help you start without a blank canvas, you still have to give, you know, part of you to that and help out with it. So, it can be used in a very malicious way sometimes. You know, from the marketing standpoint, I don't too much ethical issues with it unless you're trying to be deceptive to people. That's out there, and trying to, you know, let's say you're selling blog writing services and you're saying, hey, you know what, this is 100% non Chat GBT generated, but then you are because I mean, I, you see those little side hustle, you know, Instagram reels, it's like, here's how to make $1,500 in a day and, you know, just pop it into Chat GBT and write all these articles. Well, it's not. And for one, legally, you don't own that copy that comes out, which is a whole nother discussion
0: around that. Absolutely. That's a great point. Besides that stuff, besides the ethical component, are there any other challenges or obstacles you face when it comes to implementing automation? It could be life or business. If you have a lot of it created and connected, sometimes it takes
1: more time to manage it too. So we got clients who will want to, you know, automate so much stuff, which there's not a tool out there that will do everything. And we end up with like tech stacks of 30, 40 software platforms. And then it's like, okay, well then this one updates and then it breaks the connection with this and that. So going for simple first and trying to say, okay, what can we automate? What's that quick win that we can do right now? Let's get that in place. And then, okay, what can we do next? Versus let's try to take it all on at once. Now, in my business, you know, a lot of it is people booking a consult first. So, you know, we automate the ability for them to pick from a calendar. We automate, you know, what to expect on the call, right? Very similar to a lot of marketing companies are doing as well. And then the follow-up, you know, we send out quotes after for projects. And if they don't open it, then there's an automatic follow-up. If they open it, but they don't accept it, there's an automatic follow-up. These are things that I don't have to worry about, right? I know when I come in in the morning after taking my son to school, which was a lifestyle choice that I wanted the automation to allow me to do. I know when I open up my computer that everything that I see there, the follow-up that's been happening overnight in the morning was intentional and it allows me to have those things in place. I put in Ruby reception. It's a great service for all my inbound calls because for one, I was always busy and my calls were just going to voicemail, which I absolutely hated from a client perspective. But I also didn't want to break the zone that I was in working So I wouldn't answer the call, right? So I'm like, I want a living human actually answer the phone. They'll take the calls. They'll send me the messages and do all that kind of stuff.
0: What was the name of that software? Ruby receptionist.
1: Ruby receptionist. I use Grasshopper as my virtual phone system and they have a alliance with them. So it's fantastic. Nice. Yeah. And they actually, they are given the types of questions to ask. So first, you know, are you a new client or an existing client? If they're an existing client, they're able to give them more information. I allow them to do that. But if they're new, they have some qualifying questions and they will actually appointment set for me. They have a link to my booking calendar that's specific for them. And then, you know, they can get
0: them right into my calendar. They know my availability and it works really well. That sounds awesome. I'm going to have to look into that myself. That was pretty good. So you've covered a lot of different avenues that we can use automation in. What do you think the future holds for automation?
1: I think what we're seeing is we're seeing the marriage of all the technologies coming together. You know, what I've seen over the last 12 years has been, I've worked with Infusionsoft now called Keep, which is what I've been certified in for 12 years. I've done HubSpot, I've done Active Campaign, but just watching these softwares pull in, you know, the integration with mobile, text, you know, social, like all the different places people are now becoming integrated into these platforms so they talk to each other and we're seeing less and less need for outside connectors like zapier and things like that that are going to have to communicate between the softwares so what i think is we're going to be able to be so powerfully automated in the palm of our hand in a mobile app that we could be borderless and just be walking down the street and have full control of automating anything that we want right now it can do it i mean I could automate a process where, you know, if somebody downloads an ebook from my website or opts in for books, of consult, I could have lights in my office, flash a different color, right? Like that type of
0: stuff while cool and geeky it's possible. Right? So absolutely. And there's a con to that too. If you don't secure correctly, someone else could be flashing those lights in your house. <laughs> so there goes one of the cons. But.
1: That's right. And, and I mean, you know, on that point, I mean, to your listeners as much as we hate two-factor authentication we're in a world where it's absolutely necessary if you're going to be like hey i'm not setting it up because i don't want to get that code well you're going to get hacked and things are going to shut down i mean i've seen clients lose their entire facebook business accounts and facebook does not give them back because they get hacked in there so
0: yeah as we say in cybersecurity we say it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when when it comes to being hacked so you want to try to make it as hard as possible you know because especially if you are a business like you just said Sean they will not give it back those people will be playing around in all your stuff you know if you have the same password or something like that you're in for a world of hurt so i definitely recommend that
1: i want to add something in there that came to mind when you're talking about automating and it comes back to the story of content creation. When I first started in doing video production, you know, 15, 20 years ago, we we're producing 20 minute videos for businesses promotional. Could you imagine trying to sit through a 20 minute promotional video today? It doesn't happen. Now we're promote we're creating 21 minute, if not 40, 30 second videos for people, but automating the tools. Like I gave the idea of that tool called munch. We use it. I think it's get munch is the website, but you can record a two, three minute video or even longer, and it will cut up, you know, 15 second, 30 second, you know, all the descriptions, all the key tags based off of its knowledge of what people are searching for, like trending topics and everything, subtitle it all within like 10 minutes. Um, I, no human would be able to edit that quick, do all that. Um, so it's a, it's a an example of using automated tools to you know, give you your life back. That's the thing that we tell people is we want to help you get your life back and reclaim that time because, you know, you can make as much money over and over again, but you can't make any more time.
0: Absolutely, man. Yeah, you're giving a ton of tools, especially for us business owners and leaders, man, like Munch and Ruby receptionists and all these other mans, they'll be in the show notes. So don't worry, designers, we got you. So for those feeling overwhelmed. By everything we're talking about here this idea of incorporating automation what would you say
1: well i would first say you know forget that you've heard us talk about this and you think that all the tools are automated are overwhelming you think of of your life and, and your business and what is what is it about that is overwhelming you what could be removed off your plate what's that biggest thing you could do and I read a book years ago and I think it was called like eat the frog first or something. And it's the whole idea is the first thing in the morning is take the big thing that you've been avoiding. And that's the one thing you want to do is let's figure out what it is that we can kind of relieve that. But everything is, it takes a step by step by step. I mean, you can't take this all on at once. There's no way you're going to like take this project of, of bringing all this automation to your business overnight. You need to go one step at a time. So that's the biggest thing is realize this is not something that you can do you know, in a week, in a day, in a month, you got to learn it. It is a skill to learn and be okay that you're going to put something in place that is not fully going to work the way you expected it initially. And that is either because it was the wrong tool that you put in there, or you just didn't learn it enough to do it. Or it's so early in its adoption that all the bugs aren't worked out of it, but What I'm finding is more and more people are okay with this. They're okay that, hey, you know what? That experience wasn't the best. Let's figure out how to to kind of, you know, make it better or change your tool. I love software. I love tools and I've tried things out and I'm like, okay, well, this isn't a fit. Let's go find something else and be okay with that.
0: You have to though. I mean, Google has been in beta since its inception. So are there any resources that you would recommend? Maybe books, courses, anything like that for people who really want to dive into this automation thing?
1: I haven't found anything that is specific to that. I'm very much a fan, a supporter, a believer. I'm also certified in Keep. Like, if you're in a small business market, their platform is really good at making the interface easy to use. There's a mobile app and everything. It's got marketing automation. It's got you know, email broadcasts, invoicing, texting all there. But they also have a huge library of, Academy resources, not only teaching how to use the tool, but other partners. Like, we're all part of a partner network and we all specialize in different areas. And there's webinars out there. But if you're not wanting to make the first step of committing to something, YouTube, go on YouTube, right? Just go in there and search and, like, what automation things can I do in my business, right? It's all out there. You can learn everything. You can get a PhD almost in life from
0: YouTube now. Uh, it's crazy, right? Absolutely. And I'm sure if you Google, hey, I want to learn automation, a ton of things will pop up, right? Uh, free resources on automation. So,
1: But unless you know what you're trying to remove from your life or fix, it's basically, you know, casting this huge net. So it's like, you know, how do I fix this with automation? How do I, and this being whatever that pain is and identify that.
0: That's a great point. Definitely want to know because you will go down a rabbit hole that will take you nowhere. So <laughs> that's a good point, Sean. All right. We're going to switch and we're going to go to our buy design segment where I ask every guest the same three questions. You ready? All right. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. All right. What has been the hardest part about designing a life and business? You don't need a vacation.
1: Distractions. For me, it's been keeping on tasks. That's been the hardest thing sometimes because I like new things. I like, you know, change all the time. So I'm the guy that probably four times a year, I rearrange my office, like completely rearrange it and I'll see something online. I'll get distracted. And the next thing I'm downloading free trials and I'm doing this and not staying on task that way. And I used a, a tool before where I'd start to put all the tasks that I needed to do in my calendar. So the night before I would go in and be like, okay, tomorrow, this is what I'm working on. We all know that the next day you are never staying on task. The phone's going to ring. Something's going to happen, right? But this tool, which was called Reclaim, what it did was if I didn't mark the task complete, it would actually take it and leapfrog it ahead and find another open spot in the days ahead and reslot it in there. So all these tasks were just like tumbling ahead with me and allowed me to be way more productive that way.
0: That's pretty awesome. I got to look at that one. He dropped like 10 tools I got to look at now. All right. <laughs> all right. What is the best lesson you've learned on your entrepreneurial journey?
1: Uh, the best lesson I've heard is asking more questions to people and listening to the replies. So a lot of times, you know, as somebody that's in, let's say, a marketing space, you know, I might go out or initially I would go out and I would say, OK, this is what they need. And I, I'd be telling them what they need. And I haven't really been asked what do you need? Not what do you need from a technology or marketing standpoint, but what do you need in your life or we wouldn't be having this conversation. So one of the first things I ask anytime I get on the phone with somebody or I meet somebody that says they want to talk to me, I'm like, why are we having this conversation? Like, what is it that brought you here? And they'll tell you, that's not the real answer, right? And then you'll say, but Why? And it's usually the third, but why that you get to the core root of why it is that they need the help that they need? And it could just be like, well, I need help with my marketing. Okay. But why? Well, cause I've just been like, you know, struggling with staying on task and, but why it's like, because I'm working till eight o'clock at night and my family misses me. That is the reason why you need to help them. Right. And so you just keep digging until you get to something that they say that has an emotional connection. Because when you get to that emotional connection and then you can help them do that, you have built this business relationship that is like unbreakable. It's been crazy to do. Because normally I would get to the point where it's like, oh, they booked a consult. Yeah, let's sell them. Right. Like that's the thing. And then you end up, you know, getting into a place where you're, it's not a fit. You're not able to help them. They're unhappy because you didn't actually qualify
0: for what it is that that they needed help with. Absolutely, relationships, not transactions. So that's true because the relationship will lead to the transaction. <laughs> so yeah, um, and be okay with saying no. Absolutely, if right? it's not a fit. Yeah, because you don't want to be that person that's stuck trying to figure it out, and you're like, man, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Then you have a client from hell, or something else happens, and now it's reputational damage. It's just a snowfall. So make sure you be honest with yourself and that person. The third question is: What are Three tools or tips you will recommend when scaling a business. And you kind of went into this on this last question. For any business
1: that is going to be profitable, you know, the stuff that you are creating needs to have three things in it. It needs to be valuable, repeatable, and teachable, right? Those are the three things that come out of that, which means that the clients that you're doing business with need to feel value in that. It doesn't necessarily mean you're the cheapest, but they need to, they're getting the most value out of it. It needs to be repeatable, which means you can do it over and over again and you're not doing customized work. Otherwise you end up doing the trading hours for dollars, which isn't scalable It needs to be teachable, which means you can build a team and step out of that business. And this was something that identified to me in the last two months that I was on the wrong path in one area of my business where I was like, I always want to build a business where I know everything or as much as I can about every single client, right? We're like friends. Now, the problem with that is when they call your business and you're not available, they're like, no problem. I'll wait and I'll, t- I'll wait till Sean's available to talk to him. You can't leave, right? You can't sell your business. You can't go on a vacation because people just don't want to work with anyone else but you that was there. So that's the first thing that's in that. The second one that I think is important is what do you want out of your business? Are you just building a job, right? Or are you building something that's going to give you a quality of life? And for me, it was, you know, this is a, a quality of life that works. For me, I actually built an office building on my property that I work in because I didn't want to be having to leave home. You know, I want to be able to, you know, have my dog running around here. I just wanted to, that quality of life for me. And then also not giving money to a landlord so they can build their empire, that kind of thing. And the last one is always kind of taking the time to, you know, invest in other things that you like. You know, I know so many businesses that, you know, let's say they are in a certain industry and, you know, that's all that they focus on. They don't actually like take on and learn new skills that are outside of that. So for me, I mean, when we first started about, you know, all the marketing experience that I had, I had that passion for, you know, 15 years to do fireworks and I did it and eight years I've been doing it. I don't do it all the time. I do it, you know, a couple times a year, which was, it's a passion and I enjoy it, but it allows me to have that kind of distraction that I need.
0: Absolutely, man that beautiful distraction is definitely necessary or else you'll go crazy, just working all the time and focusing on this one thing to build this business. So, Hey, Sean, it's been a pleasure, man. Really appreciate all the jewels you dropped. I have to go back and listen myself because those tools are necessary for me as well. So I appreciate everything you've given us. How can people connect?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, our website is bluecowmarketing.ca. Um, i actually just created a book on business branding, Because it all starts with the brand, not only just the logo, but how you want people to feel with your business when they engage with you. So that ebook is for free. So bluecowmarketing.ca slash free gift. You'll be able to get that free book from there.
0: Appreciate you, man. And I look forward to seeing what Blue Cow and Sean has in store. And until then, make sure you keep ascending. Appreciate you, man. Have a good one. You too. Thanks. Design Your Life and Business, the podcast for leaders, is brought to you by Bright Mind Consulting Group. To find out more about Bright Mind Consulting Group and how you can become the best leader possible, visit brightmindconsultinggroup.com. Make sure you search for Design Your Life and Business on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Bright Mind Consulting Group, we cannot thank you enough for listening.